0: Crush your sugar cravings with delicious all-natural Bossa Bars for menopause, created to help women manage weight loss and energy during the pause. And just in time for the holidays, the new Double Chocolate Brownie Bossa Bar. Try them at BossaBars.com and save ten percent with code HotCold10. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics podcast, the voice for women in midlife and beyond. At Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, we talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Colleen. My name is Bridget. And today's episode, Happy Friday, we are having a bonus episode. This episode is carrying on our conversation from Wednesday, which was talking to Ruth Glenn about domestic violence. And today's episode, we have Katie Kessner who is director of Take Back the Night Foundation. And she's the first woman to be on the cover of Time Magazine to share her personal story of date rape, which at the time was coined date rape. And that was on June 3rd, 1991. She was a student, 18 years old, brand new on campus of William and Mary, had a date within the first three weeks of campus and was raped and at the time, the campus really didn't know how to handle it. They had a court, if you will. And the argument that the gentleman used was that she said no 12 times, but she stopped saying no. And so he his punishment, as you will hear, was ridiculous, if you can even call it a punishment. But that started Katie on a course of being an advocate for women. And she really wants to make sure she speaks to a lot of college campuses about safety measures. And there are a couple of things we want you to be aware because, you know, we're sending our daughters and sons off to college and it can be very nerve wracking. It could be triggering for some of us because a lot of us have been through a trauma on campus. And for those who haven't, it's still traumatic to know that they're going to be on their own for the first time. So a couple of suggestions that we have learned in our research is that you want to make sure that your children are always aware of their surroundings when they're on campus, which means don't use earphones, AirPods. It just makes it, you're an easier target that way. Try to avoid isolated areas. There are so many campuses now have emergency buttons that you can press and also have people who will walk you home from the library and other parts of campus if you're concerned. Always walk like you know where you're going walk with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Don't randomly kind of wander looking around with your AirPods. Have your cell phone charged at all times. And I know my daughters do this all the time. They're like, oh, my phone's dying. If your oh, child no. is on campus, make sure their phone is charged. Yeah. And know that alcohol is a problem on campus and that young men and women who are going to college for the first time who may not be experienced with alcohol could be put in a situation where they drink too much, Always have a buddy with you. Always have someone that can support you and get you home. Listen to your intuition. And there are items that your children can carry on campus, like the tasers and the pepper sprays. Keys. Sound noise, yeah. Your noise, absolutely. Keys, pencil, yeah, pencil. Exactly.
0: Yes. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. Make your pencil. children Pen.
1: aware because that is yes. the best thing we
0: can do when they go off to campus. And and watch for it. You know, you hear about the drinks and. Uh, I have a child, and one of her friends on a college campus, she was with the friend. The drink was something was putting her drink. And luckily, she had friends with her. She could not move. She could not move, and they had to take her home. So, watch for that. Don't, you know, if you're going to get something to drink, get the drink yourself.
1: There are so many things you could do. And the smartphone has so many different devices on it. Like you said, sound. It's important for your kids not to be afraid, but be aware. It doesn't matter if you have alcohol. It does not matter what situation, what you wore. It is not your fault. And that's what Katie is a staunch advocate to make sure that everyone knows that. And we're going to share her story in one moment. Before we do, we want to remind you guys that November is our holiday giveaway and gift guide. The gift guide should be out next week. Fingers crossed that everything goes well with that. And the giveaway will start on November 28th. So if you haven't followed us on Instagram, if you haven't left your email on our website, hot hotflashescooltopics.com, make sure to do so so that you don't miss a moment or a chance to win. And with that, we are going to get started in hearing Katie's story. Welcome back to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. And today we have on a really important conversation. Our guest is with Katie Kessner, and she is Over 30 years, an advocate for student safety and healthy relationships. She's also the executive director of Take Back the Night Foundation. Welcome to the
2: show, Katie. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Colleen and Bridget. I'm so pleased to be with you.
1: We appreciate your time because we know you are all over the country, the world speaking and just advocating against violence. This topic is hitting a nerve for a lot of women who maybe have experienced trauma in their past. But in our demographic, especially, they seem to suppress it. And now, all of a sudden, it's, it's kind of coming to the surface. So if you're comfortable, could you share a little bit about your story, how you became an advocate
2: against violence? Of course. Violence? I, I'd love to do so, um, Colleen and Bridget. And again, thank you for hosting me. And for all your listeners, it's such a pleasure to you know, have your ear for a moment and just to dig back you know, through time. Um, I just turned 50 myself and a long, long time ago at age 18, as you referenced, Colleen, I was on the cover of Time magazine all by my lonesome as the very first in history to speak out nationally and publicly as the victim with my name attached to that experience of what was then termed date rape. Now, mind you, I will just tell you, Bridget and Colleen, I did not say I was date raped. (laughs) That sounds like, oh, it's such a nice type of rape because you got to... Um, a nice dinner and maybe a movie out of it. (laughs) It it sounds like such a palatable form of date rape. Like it's, it wasn't that bad, but I think back then, if we can all roll however many years that is in our lives back to 1990 and that, that cover was June 3rd, 1991. And I was assaulted actually in um, September, my first year of college in 1990 and back then, when this happened to me, Mr. Tall, Dark, and Handsome, whom I met at one of those crazy orientation activities, and I was so flattered that he actually had an eye for me, and so I went out with him after knowing him for a week and a half on a, an official quote, date, and Yes, I'm that old that back then a date meant a reservation at a restaurant with a real menu with line items in several categories with numeric dollars at least two digits wide on each you know level. And that was fancy for me as an 18-year-old girl going off. Five hours away from home, and so I went out with this guy. And I had—I didn't—I shyly did not want to go and get drunk at a fraternity party or at some off-campus party. Or I thought it was unseen to look, you know, go back to his room. I thought the safest place, with the glow of the dark stars I had assembled on my own dorm ceiling back in my own dorm, was the safest place to be <laughs> with my old school mixtape that we could just dance under these glow in the dark stars. So in sum, my story started, you know, more than 30 years ago at age 18, when this perfect boy came back to my room after paying probably a crazy amount of money for a dinner date. And I had the audacity to tell him no. And I had I never had sex and he probably had soberly I kept saying no and no and no and eventually he had his way and so at the end of that night you know I was shattered to my core because I had never felt treated less than human until that moment in my life and while I think there are many ways for anyone to be felt like, feel like they've been treated less than human. That was my first really through and through experience. And so I took every step in the the next year to speak out and stand up for myself much to the, I would say, I would almost say anger of my own parents. Simply you should not have had that guy back to your room. I was like a lone rider into the Unknown, and kept going despite abuse uh, with my within my own community. Abuse meaning bullying, harassment, degradation. My car was covered with honey and baby powder. I got written up as like the most dangerous man on campus. It was crazy back then. But I, you know, I think you know, I, I land with I don't regret one moment of those those terrible times if we could take it back to the
1: early 90s 1990 around time frame you were at william and mary uh which is a very prestigious college you know bridget and i went to college back in mid 80s so we're a little older (laughs) but from my recollection there was nothing in place for any kind of action against someone who who alleged date rape like there wasn't uh, therapy. There wasn't a procedure. There wasn't any kind Correct. of school process. So, what yeah. you did, number one, I'd love to know what gave you the strength because you did not have a support mm-hmm. system even at the school, whether it was the you know head of
2: the school or your parents. What gave you the courage? The courage came from how I felt in those first few hours, and it wasn't dependent on anything else except for how degraded and inhuman I felt. It wasn't like I didn't date boys in high school or didn't have good, positive boyfriends who were great, fabulous, nice guys. The only problem was they met my dad at the door, who's an FBI agent, who shook his hand wearing an arsenal and fatigues and said, you will be home and have my daughter home or you will die basically. So in high school, I had my dad being my protectorate. I had my brains. I had whatever I had. So I go off to college and I, I, I sit with our listeners like, this is my first ever date without my dad at the door. Right. And I, I, I go out with this guy, and I come back, and I'm raped. And the problem is, in 1990, what happened to me was not technically rape. I had said no, and and the court decided, my school court said, oh, yes. And even, oh, I'm sorry, I'll say my rapist even said, she said no over 12 times, over a dozen times. She said no over a dozen times. And then she's just stopped saying no. And I knew he changed, I changed. He said, I knew I, I changed your mind. So in 1990, a man could say, I heard this woman say no 12 times. And then she just gave up, clenched up and didn't say no. And that's how I knew I changed her mind. So just, so that's what happened. He didn't have to beat me to a pulp. I had bruises, whatever. But I, I leave that, you know, AM moment on a Saturday to a Sunday. If everyone's still with me, my third weekend of college, I, I lay there in my room on the floor up against the wall thinking about all these things, Colleen and Bridget. And half of me has, I have two ideas, which I think all of your listeners are probably going to resonate with. Those of you who have kept your secret for so long, it's the same thing I thought initially. I just need to tuck this away and go on and get straight A's and make my parents happy and keep going and not mess up anything, anything good. I'm just not going to think about what just happened. I'm just going to tuck it away. That's one option. And I seriously pondered it. I made that choice, Colleen and Bridget and listeners, like I made the choice to say I don't know if there's a law to protect me. I don't know what I'm going to sacrifice. But I do know in my gut, this is very wrong. I need to find a way to make sure it's codified as wrong. You know, what sustained me were two things. Yes, I think he'll do it again to other women. And I can't be that selfish to not stand up against him and find a way forward. And it was through then that was like a one I pronoun, you know, I pronoun, this is me, but it became an, a we and a they and an all in. And so, you know, that, that led me to my 30 years, but I, I just want to say one last thing before we continue for all of your listeners, it's a lot of risk and it's very scary to stand up for yourself and not just for yourself, but knowing that you're standing up for so many who will come after you thing. I just wanted to go back in time. Some of the coolest and most amazing moments time magazine in 1991, June 3rd, they gave out back then my address Without my permission, which is oh, hey, I love it, I love it. You're both throwing your heads. But guess what? The coolest thing was I only got three scary messages from men in prisons. The rest of all messages, they're like snail mail. I got, I have them. I still have these letters back in 1991 from all these people, survivors all over the world. And I'll just give one example. This most amazing grandma from North Dakota hand wrote a letter to me and said, when I was 16, this happened to me. I'm now, you know, I think she said I'm 80, 89. And now, you know, this was 30 years ago. I'm now 89. I've never told anyone. I'm so glad you shared your story. So I think there's no age limit on sharing a story because then in her letter, she wrote, I finally told my granddaughter what happened to me when I was 16. And so I think the coolest thing is We can all share our stories when we're ready, and we think about where and to whom, and what it will help us. The greatest gift is knowing you're never alone, and learning how to cope with what it feels like, the sensory, that what it smelled like, what it, what the taste, what your, your triggers are. How do I work around my discomfort? You know, all of those things are still accessible, and I think we come we become a much more powerful and beautiful soul when we go back to our darkest moments and and unveil them to ourselves. As someone as young as 18, you're
1: suddenly on the cover of Time magazine. You are becoming an advocate. We're still in the very early stages of any conversation
2: uh-huh. about... That's a good, great question. Where do you... How do you handle this? Where do you go from that? I'll tell you right now. I didn't have any money, but I got a waitressing job to pay for um, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I, I had a phobia of seeing. So let me just say, like, here's the stupid stuff. You know, I remember I was so scared that I would see my rapist at the cafeteria. I probably ate a pen kind of been Jerry's cookie dough at night <laughs> and I got a, a job, you know, to pay bills. I didn't know because my parents, I was scared they would never help me pay for college. So that's practicality. Like I still had tuition for a semester. I needed to feed myself, but I couldn't go into the cafeteria. That's crazy basic. <laughs> but then um, you know, I'd I like to be crazy basic because we have to sit there. But then Here's what happened, Colleen. So the rest of the narrative is I had the hearing with the college. And that's when he said, yes, Katie told me no a dozen times. Then she stopped saying no. And I thought she changed her mind. So in October of my first year, he was found responsible for sexual assault, which was a term that was, you know, kind of being crafted mostly eventually by me i will i will say i wrote the original policy about consent because back then rape was this is really important in 1990 across the entire us and around the world rape was a crime of resistance you had to resist rape is a crime of your sexual authenticity right so I used an analogy back when I was 18 and said, okay, I don't wanna, there's nothing other than consent. Yes, you can have my wallet, yes, you can have sex with me. I said the same thing. Like, yes, you have yeah, you have to hear me say yes, that yes, you can have my quote wallet quote sex. Not like I'm gonna fight you off until you hear no no, no, no. And I get bruises to say you can't. So, you know, that was where I started. I kind of thought that way. And I was brazen enough to put that in front of my college court. (laughs) And I won. I won. And they agreed that he assaulted me. But his punishment was, okay, that's really bad. But he can't go in your dorm again for the rest of the semester. But you two make such a nice couple. You should get back together again by the spring because he really, really likes you. And I think he can work through the tiff you are having right now. So that's where I started. And I heard my Dean say that. And I walked away from the, the hearing, not with my parents, just on my own, thinking, okay. My rapist just got off with nothing. <laughs> he doesn't think he did anything wrong. The dean probably just said, oh my gosh, this is a terrible misunderstanding. And I think I could talk to Katie and convince her to get back with you by next semester. So, <laughs> so that's where we were in 1990. And then I got mad and this could be a whole other podcast, but I'll just summarize. I, I got mad and my parents weren't supporting me, but I, I, this is how I, and remember, no one in history had put their name in the newspaper. And I, this is important for your listeners. Why? Because rape was a crime of property, not of consent. And property meant that we as women were property of our fathers or our husbands. This, this was still 1990. So what, what happened for me is I wrote a letter to the editor and I wrote to the local newspaper and they printed what happened to me in the newspaper. But they called me a co-ed. A co-ed at the College of William & Mary had this, this, this happen. Never my name, Colleen and Bridget. No name. And I read it, and I was thinking, wow, I'm now a co-ed. What's a co I didn't even know what that meant. I was like, a co-ed? Am I a woman? What's a co-ed? I had to research that I was like, part of that revolutionary idea that women get to go to college. <laughs> so I, I wrote back to the, um, I called maybe with my free local to- toll. I said, why didn't you print my name? And the editor of the newspaper said, we have never printed the name of a victim of sexual assault. Not only we, but no newspaper has, no media outlet has because we have never printed their damaged goods. I was like, I, I'm sorry, damaged goods? (laughs) If I'm damaged goods because I'm not a virgin, I don't really care if a man doesn't want to marry me. I don't want to marry him. I have, I'm 18 years of age. I'm going to sign a release. And will you print my name if I help you write the next article? And that was how it started. I agreed to the re- release of my identity and this, and it wasn't ego. <laughs> it was, I didn't want to be famous. I just wanted to be real. There's a very different cause. And I simply said, I am human. That's the whole purpose. If rapists understood that we're real, we're human, we're, you know, we are owed respect. That was the whole glue. Thank you so much. We certainly appreciate it.
1: And we want to make sure everybody goes on your website, Take Back the Night Foundation, because there's so much valuable information there as well. Thank you.
2: Absolutely. And um, Colleen, just to add to your listeners, uh, two more cool things they can do. If there's n- often on child abuse, there's no statute of limitations. And we have a free legal support hotline on Take Back the Night and a intake form. And our lawyers the firm we partnered with is actually all shepherded by survivors. So they're awesome. So if you still want to report what happened, use the legal intake or call the hotline. And if you want to share your story, um, we have an amazing thing happening twice a year called the global virtual um, Take Back the Night event. It's free to attend. Um, Anyone can join it. It's virtual. And your listeners can totally be inspired and empowered. It's the last Thursday of October this year, and as well as again in April. And there's healing journeys, poets, songwriters, inspirational authors, and yeah, they'll love it. They'll love it. So tune in for that, and you can register on Take Back the Night, as you mentioned. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank
0: you, Katie, for being on our show today and for letting our listeners know about this important thing that you're doing, that you're getting the message out, sharing your story about what happened to you and helping other people not feel alone. It's happened to a lot of other people and the bravery that you had to come out with it, to be on Time Magazine, to put your face out there and what you had to go through just to make this better for other people, to make college campuses, I hope, safer, to get the word out, to let them know that this is not acceptable. This kind of behavior is not acceptable. All the way from the administration of colleges and work environments, this is not acceptable. And when voices keep coming out together and Sticking together and saying, we're not going to take this. In the words of Twisted Sister, no. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Just getting the voices together and say, we're not going to take this. Stronger together. Stronger together. Together. This treatment is not acceptable. And we're going to keep saying stuff until it stops. And
1: as Katie mentioned, you can go on the website of Take Back the Night Foundation. And there are events coming up that are free that you can check out. There's also information and research, and a place where if you want to share your story, you can. And as she mentioned, that would be on her website, Take Back the Night Foundation.
0: Thank you all so much for listening. And make sure that you uh, stay tuned to our social media our social media post. we have our gift guide coming out. So make sure you check that out. We also have our giveaway. So we're going to have four really incredible baskets. Thousands so sure of they,
1: dollars, guys,
0: honestly. Yes, thousands. There are it, fabulous products. We are so uh, grateful to our sponsors and the people who donated to these baskets. They are incredible products. Colleen and I always wish that we could win them, but we can't. So we're going to let some of you win them. There's There's some some
1: rules that we can't (laughs) win them. Have a great week, guys. We will talk to you on Wednesday.
0: Bye.